This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Hi, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. You can also hear it over the air. That's right, on the radio, the bet in Las Vegas on Sundays. Thanks to our audience for joining us there. Also to our YouTube audience. Subscribe, hit the notifications button. Thanks for being with us and for participating in the chat. We're here to talk about Las Vegas Raiders football. If I say we, that's not just me, of course, that is myself and my broadcast partner, one Mr. Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. He's the national reporter, as I said, covers the entire league for Bleacher Report. We, we, as we record the show, he just got off turning in a column, a piece, I should say, on deadline. He's been working hard, and so we're here to work him hard again on the show. Mo, uh, it's a busy time as we get up to the NFL draft. No rest for the weary at all. Uh, <laughs> like you said, just just turned in the column. Uh, I, it's funny because I'm, as many people know, I'm in the New York area, and the big deal out here is Saquon Barkley not signing his franchise tag tender. So Saquon Barkley was looked at as somebody who was going to be, you know, kind of like the face of that franchise. While well, Daniel Jones is coming in, and now they have a contract stand-up, very similar to what the Raiders have with Josh Jacobs, although Josh Jacobs is not threatening to not sign the tender. Uh, Vincent Bonsignor, the Las Vegas Review Journal, did say that there was no movement on his negotiations with the Raiders lately. So top running backs not not feeling respected as of late. Austin Eckler was granted permission to seek a trade a week ago. Yeah. So the running back market is what it is. A lot of guys miscalculated their market worth. I'm not saying Josh Jacobs did that, but guys like Saquon Barkley did because he turned down multiple offers before the Giants pulled their offers off the table and gave him the franchise tag. So just just saying with the running back position, if you're looking to get paid, probably not going to happen this offseason. A lot of teams are going to be looking toward the draft. That's the way the league is right now with running backs. Hey, I'm not taking anything away from those two guys. They're both incredibly talented young men. But that's the market, and the market's going to dictate what happens. And and to your point, that's what happened with Barkley in New York, and we'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. Mo, the other thing is, you know, the last couple of weeks, we heard a couple media reports, and and I'm not here to tell you that they weren't true or because reporters report the information they get. I don't fault guys for doing things. But but we had a report uh, in The Athletic and, a, and actually a couple other publications saying, hey, the Raiders are not going to consider – Jalen Carter he's off their draft board so to speak but guess what on Wednesday Jalen Carter was in Las Vegas working out for the Las Vegas Raiders 
And uh, it goes to show you this time of the year, you said at the last show we had, which was you got to take everything with a grain of salt and teams are going to do due diligence. Not only that, but Jalen Carter, no matter what's happened with the legal issue, no, no matter what's, what's happened with the physical issues and being overweight at his pro day, Jalen Carter's a talented kid um, as far as his physical abilities go. And we saw what he did at the University of Georgia. So the Raiders have to do their due diligence that they have to look at the kid because you know, when you get those interviews, you talked about it before. Those interviews are so important to him in Las Vegas. Now the Raiders get to get some quality time with the kid. Yeah, the workout is fine to see what kind of shape he's in and what he's doing and how healthy he is. But it's the interview, in my view, that the Raiders hosted him in Las Vegas. That was the point of it. Absolutely. And I, like, like I said before, I believe I said this previously when the rumors came out about maybe the Raiders took off, took Jalen Carr off their draft board. I felt it was just too early to completely dismiss him without yeah. having a one-on-one conversation with him because then you get inside the guy's head and figure out, you know, what was he thinking going to his pro day? Why was he a little overweight? What went on between his legal issues and his disappointing pro day? And you get to kind of get to know the person more than just the player because, remember, when you're drafting a, a player, especially in the top ten, you want that guy to be a model player in your locker room, on the field and off the field. So I think a lot of this, as you said, is due diligence. It's not to say the Rays will draft him if he's available at seven. I actually think that he's going to go top five. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are going to pass on him. I don't yeah. think the Detroit Lions would pass on him. But that's just my opinion. But it, it, there was a report, I believe, two weeks ago that said, that, uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport said that, Jalen Carter isn't taking any visits with teams that pick outside the top 10. So his age in your house is pretty confident that he's going to go high in a draft. And again, I think he will. I'm not sure if the Raiders will draft him, but it's good that, and it's prudent that they do their due diligence. Alan. Yeah. It, it, and, and again, I know, I know you, you feel that the Raiders uh, might not draft him because of those issues and because of what's happened uh, with the franchise over the past couple of years. But I think a really good interview, if they get to know the young man and they feel really solid about it, then I think the chances are there. But 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 I agree with you. I don't think he's going to go uh, past the top ten. But you never know. There's always that one guy that drops. Now he's got he's got reason to based on kind of uh, what's been out there, whether it's fair or not on a lot of it. And and but every draft doesn't there seem to be a first rounder that falls. I mean, remember. When uh, when we had um, uh, just a couple years ago, um, the receiver in Seattle, whose name I'm forgetting now. Holy moly. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. So you see what happens with age, my friend. So DK, Yeah, DK Metcalf. Remember, he kept falling, falling, falling. Bottom of the first round. The Raiders had a chance to get him and he went end up going in the top of the second round of Seattle. So so you just never know. Uh, but but I like the fact that that the Raiders are visiting with him because um it just, you know, again, you also have to play poker. You have to make other teams also believe that there's a possibility you could take them. But but one thing I'll say is, like you said, I don't think anything is set in stone as of right now. So if Jalen yes. Carter goes in there and he blows the Raiders away with his interview, they may change their mind about him. Maybe they originally did have him off their draft board and he changed their mind. People change their mind all the time, right? Like, <laughs> you're allowed to do that. So, uh, and the other thing, I'll... I'll I'll give you an even more recent situation. Malik Willis. A lot of people thought Malik Willis was going to go in the first round. He had an impressive showing at um, over the offseason coming coming into the workouts. People thought Malik Willis is going to be quarterback one because it was a very underwhelming quarterback class last year with Kenny Pickett being the first guy off the board. But a lot of people had Malik Willis going in the first round. Turns out he went in the third round. So 
as many times as you're going to hear over the next two weeks. This guy is going to be available here. This guy is going to be available there. No one really knows because a lot of the stuff that we speculate about with these mock drafts and these projections, it's all media-driven. How many people are actually talking to these GMs and the GMs are actually telling them what their draft plans are? That's just not happening. So a lot of times, a player you think is going to go high or low, it may be the complete opposite because teams, GMs, and scouts have a different opinion on a prospect. Right. I think some of the NFL insiders, especially those that work for the league, i.e. the NFL media, NFL channel, network nfl.com they tend to be i think a little more accurate it used to be the old days it was beat writers and i'm not criticizing beat writers the things have just changed the nfl is now its own largest media company so of course they control the flow of information including leaks uh and so you know it's hard to keep track of all of that uh but but clearly bringing him in for a visit smart thing to do the other thing i want to talk about because i know you've been mixing it up you wrote a piece on bleacher report um, a lot of Raider fans uh, want the Raiders to take a run at Devin White. Yay or nay on Devin White? Talk about your column. Talk a little bit about what you see with the player. Would he be a good fit? I, I know your answer because I followed it, and we've actually talked about it, and, and it's economic. But tell a little bit uh, to the audience out there about Devin White. If there's Raider Nation out there who really wants to pursue him, why or why not? There are two sides to this. Number one, as a player, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this slow because I want people to hear me on this because people are going to automatically say, no, you're, you're wrong Mo, on this. And I, there's no right or wrong here. It's just all opinion. <laughs> Number one, I'll say Devin White is obviously an upgrade over what the Raiders have now at linebacker because the Raiders don't have much at linebacker right now. Correct. <laughs> Robert Spillane is probably their best linebacker. Divine Diablo, a lot of people say, he may be their best linebacker, but didn't really show much last year under Patrick Graham. So Robert Spillane, D- Divine Diablo, either whoever you say is their best linebacker isn't good enough. Robert Spillane struggles in coverage tremendously. He's more of a downhill linebacker, two-down mm-hmm. guy in my opinion. And Divine Diablo has some flashes as a rookie that he could be a, a three-down defender, but again, didn't show that last year. So Devin White coming in there would be an upgrade over what the Raiders have right now. But... But it's not always about plugging in a player and saying this player is better than that player, and that's why we should go after him. This isn't Madden. This isn't this isn't the video <laughs> game franchise. There's money. There's cap space. There's market value involved here, and that's why I push back on people who say the Raiders should go after Devin White because if you read the reports, the reason why these trade rumors are coming out about Devin White is because he potentially wants a new deal, and yeah. what that means is as a Pro Bowl player. He's got a portable year on his resume. He has a Super Bowl title on his resume. He has a nine-sack season. He's probably going to want to reset the market or come close to that. So that means you're paying Devin White at least $15 million, and it could be more than that. And what I'm saying is Devin White, while he is a Pro Bowl player, you mm-hmm. cannot look at just the box score stats on him and say, okay, he's a Pro Bowl player, great addition. If you watch the film, if you watched some Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, you realize he has some holes in coverage. He's not yes. a good coverage defender at all. Mm-hmm. Two of his last three years, I believe he's allowed a 121.9 passer rating in, in coverage. Yeah. So he he's a lot, he could be a liability on third downs on passing down. So my stance is I don't want to play, I don't want to pay an off-ball linebacker, though he can help you with the pass rush. I don't want to pay a linebacker. 15 million or more and he's not a complete guy that I can I can rely on 
on third downs, on passing downs in the division right. with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I'm just not going to do that. The Raiders yeah. need a coverage guy in the middle of the field. Uh, yeah. Hello, Travis Kelsey bullies the Raiders almost every year. <laughs> Devin oh, yeah. White is not Devin White is not going to help you with Travis Kelsey. No, and He's I just think not. Mo, I think this is a case too of uh, you know going back. If you remember that draft, right? If you remember when Devin White came out, he was a guy Raider fans really were excited about, and they wanted they wanted the Raiders to draft him because even back then, I mean, the, the the linebacking hole has been massive and it's been forever. And so they remember the Devin White coming out of college. And to your point, not good in coverage. You can you you you're better off waiting. You get you get stop gaps. You find out who's available. You draft some young players and hope that they come along. Uh, to me, yeah. Instead of spending fifteen million dollars on a guy who's only going to be able to be one dimensional for you, makes zero sense. The name is out there. I fans love to glom onto names, especially when their defense is bad because they think, oh, here's a guy we know him from college, all that stuff. So so to me, that's where. And I'm not going to speak for everybody. People can comment on the video and they can comment when they listen to the show. But I think that's where that's coming from. It is. And a lot of, and like you said, you mentioned it. A lot of people wanted the Raiders to draft Devin White over Cleveland Farrell yeah. in, that, in that 2019 class. And so I get it. So it's, it's kind of like we didn't get him then. We could get him now. <laughs> but the problem with that is he's going to cost you a lot more than he's worth right now because, again, he wants a new deal. I'm not resetting the market for a linebacker who's not a complete defender on all three downs. It's just not going to happen. You pay that money to guys like Fred Warner, Bobby yes. Wagner in his prime, right. uh, Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard when he's healthy of the Colts. Guys like that, Roquan Smith, who got five okay. years, $100 million from the, from the Ravens. Okay. Guys like that, who you can put on the field all of your downs and you don't have to worry about them being a liability. Guys like that, those are the guys you're going to pay top down to it at off linebacker position by the way which is a position that's a non-premium position now again i won't say that devin white is one dimension in the sense that he can only defend and run because he can give you something in the pass rush at the raiders are mm -hmm. i believe were 12th in in blitz rate last year so in that case devin white is a fit with the raiders defense because patrick graham has shown a tendency to blitz more I, and, that cost. And, and again right he's a fit for the raiders defense for what mm -hmm. he does but it's the cost is what I'm pushing yeah. back on. If he exactly. didn't want, if he didn't want a new deal, if Devin White didn't want a new deal and he was just unhappy in Tampa Bay, sure, go ahead, trade for yeah. Devin White. You know, give right. up a third round pick, whatever it costs to get him. But with the new deal, with his demand for a new contract, and he's <clears> not a reliable coverage defender in the middle of the field, I'm not doing it. And the way the Raiders have gone about their offseason, I don't think. Dave Ziegler is interested because if you see what the Raiders are doing, they piled up draft picks. They how did. many players did they? How many big rookie splashy, contracts, baby? How many big splashy free agent signings did the Raiders make this offseason? Yeah. Now, if this yeah. was last offseason, I would say it could be a possibility the Raiders may go after Devin White. But the way the Raiders have done business this offseason, they're not interested in paying top dollar guys new contracts. No. That's just no. not. That's just not the mode of what they're operating in this year. No, we keep saying it here on the show. You keep saying it in your columns. And and your people pieces and and people, and people don't people don't want to hear it. they get the, oh name 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 squirrel 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 and so so I get it but uh, yeah I agree with you it's not gonna happen all right that closes out segment number one when we return from the break we're gonna roll on talking about Raiders football make sure you subscribe to the show if you don't already do it we appreciate you guys being with us it's Mo it's Scott it is silver and black today.